Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Islanders country, hello. This is the Eyes on Isles podcast powered by the Fansided Sports Network. I am your host, Joe Bono. Follow me on Twitter at IslesFix and subscribe to our Monday through Friday Islanders newsletter. And I am joined once again by our full-time recurring guest, the man who's going to have plenty of thoughts here tonight, Mr. Andy Francis. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. And I want to give you guys some good news, and this is a true thing about me. Something trivial, trivial matters. Like you got, you've talked to me about trivial matters in the past. And then all of a sudden it's like, Andy, come on, relax, man, relax. Some guy driving slow in the left lane on the highway, watching every car have to go around him. I'll lose it. If my own house is on fire, I keep calm. I really keep other people relaxed. It is a, I don't know what you call this conundrum, but when major things are flying, I'm actually able to keep my cool the most. When I hear stuff like this. Called panache, grace under pressure. You have panache. But the thing is, it doesn't jive with how I am on my day-to-day basis. Day-to-day basis, you don't want to know these tales from the crypt thoughts that got here. <laughs> the most the most minute things I'm thinking about for years. I've Many times on my podcast, I've referenced that girl who called me out for using that word emasculated wrong outside of a bar in the Lower East Side called Ella, which has been out of existence for over 10 years. But I remember exactly where it was, and I remember exactly how pissed off I was. And I still think about it about twice a year. That's how, you know, that's how much small things really dig at my mind. But major things, major events, I don't know. I somehow keep my cool. I don't know who programmed it that way, but it's wild. And if you want to consider in the world of Islanders this being a major event, I've managed to keep my cool more than most i think yeah and i think i've had a pretty leveled approach to this um you know we talked last week about you know could you allow lou lamarillo with an uncertain future depending on how this season turns out make a move that is potentially franchise altering that could really impact the direction of this franchise beyond this year. And we got the answer. It is an absolute yes, because that's what this move is. And that's what, and in terms of what this move could cost, if things don't go according to his plan, this thing could be pretty bad, an abject failure, an abject disaster. If things, if certain things play out that we hope don't play out and Whatever you think about Bo Horvat, whether or not you think the Islanders are going to have to overpay to extend him or he doesn't, you know, make them a contender, whatever it is, the move is done. Now they have to keep him an Islander. And it's all about the extension. I heard about the trade and I said, is the extension coming? That was the first thing I wanted to know because we're programmed to think that Lou Lauerlo would not make a trade like this without knowing he had that extension. Like the, the guy in, the movie Jerry Maguire, right? Like his handshake, what was it? It was strong as oak. Like he made some kind of an agreement that that was going to happen. 
And we found out that's not the case. And I think it's going to be a very interesting next several days between now and when the honors take the ice on February 6th to add whether or not that extension does happen. And if it doesn't and they start playing games, this can go anyway. And that makes me nervous. Now, I think there's a there's probably a public what you're allowed to say and what could be said behind closed doors. I'm not a big speculator because I think it's always just kind of wasting time when you think, oh, well, I bet you that the agent of this guy said to this guy. Like You have no clue of knowing. It's all speculation. But I think the one thing that's universally agreed upon, if there isn't some sort of extension that's met before the year, whether something was weirdly worked out in back channel somewhere or not, if there is not some extension that's reached before the end of the year, I mean, this is clearly an absolute nuclear disaster because <laughs> uh, no, you would be very they, calm about it. If that was happening, you'd be, you'd no, but be, isn't, isn't that, really but I think it's, I think it's universally agreed upon. I think all the debate that's going back and forth is kind of under the, the, with, with the knowledge that he's actually going to stay. I think all the debates are happening. Okay. He's staying. Was it the right move? I mean, him not staying. That is, there is but not even. I don't know why it. everyone is so overconfident. If I'm Bo Horvat, you've already turned down reportedly a seven year extension, seven and a half million dollar contract for the team that you're the captain of, which you've been with your entire career. Okay. So, what's that going to take now if you're the Islanders in a zero leverage situation? Not only the trade itself made a zero leverage situation, but then Lamarillo talking to the media, basically saying, we made this trade for today and tomorrow. We we intend to extend him. We're going to get working on that right away. Him and his agent hold all the cards. And think about what could happen. See, I'm glad we didn't do this 24 hours afterwards because we've had some time to reflect. This is an instant reaction. We've been able to kind of, you know, take in the scene, take in the comments, take in the hot takes. And, and, and this is how I feel now about this. If they take the ice on February 6th against the Flyers, and we'll be all excited to see number 14, Bo Horvat in uniform, playing with Matthew Barzell on the wing, um, expectedly. Those 12 games between then and the deadline is one month. One month. So let's play out the different scenarios that could happen. They can start winning. Great. They have a five-game stretch with all winnable games. Seattle's the toughest game. That's a home game in those five games. Let's say they start winning, and they start getting either in the eighth spot, maybe going in the seventh spot. But you don't have an extension. You can't trade them at the deadline without an extension if the team is playing really well and they've moved into a playoff spot. Get Some that, people may feel no, like you could. Why is that stuck in your head? They're, they're not double trading this guy. I, I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and they said, well, I don't bet that they're mortgaging the future here because, you know what, if they can't get an extension done, they'll trade him. And I said, well, if they are out of the playoff picture and he's you've made your best offer and he said no, that should be the move. I don't know if they're going to do I'm it. Gonna, but I'm I said, what if they're so. winning? What if they're winning and they haven't extended him? How are you going to trade him in that scenario? You can't. Uh, how, how about the Who's the last person in the NHL, a major name you saw traded and then got traded three weeks later? Yeah, but it's how many happening. teams are in the 10th, 11th spot in their conference that make the biggest trade acquisition out there to get? That, what does it's that happen? It's just not happening. It's not yeah, but happening. This scenario because... does not happen. The scenario of going out there and buying the premier 
player on the trade market for a team Joe, that's outside the playoff picture. That doesn't happen either, Andy. Joe, that would be admitting you made a massive mistake in your first trade. You would never the, do that. But what's the bigger mistake? What's the bigger mistake? Holding him throughout the year and then he walks for nothing? Well, well forget about that. Even, even after the fact, you could at least say, like, no, 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 we did everything we could to extend him. But but to trade for him and then trade him away right away, it's it's admitting you made a colossal mistake to begin with. And they would never do that. I'm sorry. There's not a guy on there, including me. I'm not doing that. I'd rather eat my whatever and keep it to myself. I'm not a But that nuclear disaster that you talked about, that's the nuclear disaster. You can avoid that scenario playing out if you make your offer, which might be eight, eight and a half, maybe even more. I don't know. I mean, is he a better player than Matthew Barzell? This year's well, numbers, you would say yes. Two things. Number one, the Islanders are the only team who can offer him that length, correct? Yeah, I know that because, was the case that they had in the extra year that they could offer JT uh, Tavares back in. Yeah, of course. No, no, no. Yeah. But that's part of the reason for trading him. And that's part of the reason that they can get a slight discount because they get to offer one more year than any other team out there. So you have to kind of, I, I'm not, I can't even discuss what it would be like if he didn't resign, I can go into all the reasons the team is not that good to begin with. So my thought is, like, well, it, this is just universally agreed. It would be one of the worst disasters of all time in any sport if you're leveraging because we're considered one of the worst farm teams there is. We have few prospects as it is. So to shuffle away a first-round pick and one of two prospects who are considered worthwhile on the roster for someone who's not even there, and now what are you doing next year? They're, like... So <laughs> that's what almost, I'm saying. No, no, that's what I'm it. saying, that, though. To me, like this is no, about like the next week. Like they, now, I want this done before they take the ice. We're agreeing, though. So now we're all. That's why I'm saying it's not worth having the discussion about that because every single person from me to you to this guy, that guy, Bovillier's dad, they're all saying if that were to happen, this is a once in a lifetime laughing stock situation. The I just don't understand that, if you're Bo Horvat, all of a sudden, like. You're thinking you might go to Boston. You might think you're going somewhere else, go play for a cup this year. And you're out on Long Island when you spend your entire career in Vancouver. And they're going to take him around Garden City and, and Oyster Bay and, and 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 show him UBS Arena. And that's right, going to get this? it done. I'm how, just, how's I'm this just counter? Not, I don't know, I don't know why everyone is who's overly the last, confident. Who, who's the last person who Lou didn't resign? Who said, I no, Lou, that. I decline. But well, really, how many? But, but how many? But but how many of those scenarios are similar to this one? Only one possibly is Paul Mary. What do you mean? It's exactly like that. He was an unrestricted free agent to be, right? And he never tested the waters, and he never he announced from Long Island. I mean, I could make a better case that you just, could, you just he just came off a long playoff run. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with, and with the there team. wasn't, and there wasn't any eight-year, you know, possibility. But that, that's the one thing. They get to offer one more year. He wanted out of Vancouver. There's not some guy looking to go to the biggest market or something like that. Now, look, I didn't even want to defend this. I, I, I'm just saying the only conversations that are worthwhile having, I don't, I'm don't. i not defending if he's going to – a half-intelligent human being does not make that trade unless there is some sort of mafia type insurance, this guy ain't going anywhere. All right. Well, and then with that the way mafia this guy, type ins- that mafia type insurance better happen between now and when they take the ice in Philadelphia on February 6th. 
Because no, if that's true, how can you think that's going to happen from a guy who waits to announce his signing right before training camp? He just goes, "Oh yeah, by when the way, traded, we signed." They traded for Pajot. They traded for Pajot. He got the notification uh, like twenty minutes later that he signed for a six-year extension. Yeah, well, because the problem was the Canucks have this policy apparently, and they did it with JT Miller, where they don't allow teams to negotiate right. with their players. But I'm not so saying it had to be done yesterday, but you have seven days to do it. All right. We both agree. Everybody agrees. If it doesn't get done, find another team to watch for a couple of years. It is a complete disaster. And anybody, anybody who would make some kind of argument, yeah, you go all in to get in the eight seed and get your ass kicked because that's what the re- no, that's the most idiotic thing I've ever seen in my life. Now we can get into probably what we should be talking about the assumption that he's a part of the team because well, it's one, just one a, more thing before that nuclear just we, disaster. If he does one more, sign. just one more before we move on, we'll get to that. Right. Cause I think you and I exchanged some Texas and basically if they were to lose Horvat and he goes somewhere else and doesn't sign an extension, you essentially traded Aturatu and a protected first round pick to get rid of one year of Anthony Beauvillier's salary for the next summer. That, that's the only thing, the value that you get. I just look, I think, I think, uh, there are people you do not make this trade. I mean, I remember I'm not some Lou defender, I'm not some, I, I don't, Andy, have, I don't defend anyone. But before I'm, we move on, this franchise has made two of those trades, yes. Every, but my counter is you can't take previous regimes. Every guy that this GM has traded for has not left the team. And he somehow has loved this damn culture, which I thought has not played hard all year long. Even people <laughs> who, even people like Parisi, who should be going to sign with the Tampa to get on a team and try to win. I don't know why. I don't know what he does for them behind closed doors. I would love to know if he's sending Watson's masseuses over there or something like that. But something is being done to keep these people all on Long Island and I'm even amazed I have no clue I have no clue like Devon Taves should not have had nice things to say about Lou Lamorell getting buried with third line minutes when he's the best <laughs> defenseman on the team gets shipped out doesn't give him money he should Devon be saying Taves well drink. you know they didn't re- they didn't they didn't respect they didn't re- I guess they didn't value me as much as others and uh I mm-hmm. found the right home that's what I would have said in my interview but apparently I, he does things for I me. get it I just think all these scenarios that people want to point to over the last four years of guys not leaving Long Island and not leaving the Islanders aren't this scenario. They're they're just, they're just not. All and, right, all right. Then this is what I'm going to say. Okay, I'll I'll go with you then. Like, I God, hope. Listen, were the, were I, the, I, if you had a, if I had to put a wager on it, I probably 65, 35 that he's going to make an extension because the Islanders are going to make the offer exactly what he wants because they have no other choice. So if they end up, they'll probably come in with an initial offer. And if his agent and them say actually it's going to take a little bit more than that, they probably have no choice but to give him exactly what he wants. So, yes, in that case, an extension probably does get done. God, but, man, I, I, I want it done keep, in the next week. I don't want, I it, I don't want them skating without an extension. I defending this guy. I mean, no, you're really not defending it. Defending I'm just with... saying I want this done before they start skating again in Philadelphia. Look at these contracts Lou got. All these guys. Nobody bamboozled him. Trust me, I'm, I, I'm sick about the Taves trade. I will rip bad things and I will not rip good things. He got good prices on a lot of these contracts. He's re-signed everyone he's traded for. And I just think it's a waste of time. We Everybody agrees. 
Everybody agrees it would be the worst thing humanly known to man <laughs> if you got rid of whatever little draft capital you have and prospects. I just, Everyone, I, I just don't get what else do you want to say? It would be the worst thing ever. We put a bag over your head like the Saints in the 90s and say this is an absolute disgrace. We're the slowest team in mankind. We got rid of Bavillier. At least if we sucked, we saw okay, we got one fast guy out there. He's gone. Our prospects are gone. And you're just a big okay. piece All of right. trash. All right, I'm we'll just saying on. it's a so, waste of time. No, I just want to know one person. But it won't be that bad. It won't be that. No, everyone knows it would be the worst thing ever. I I, I agree. Um, so, okay, let's, so now, let's move on to yeah a life where this extension happens. Um, there the, you go. We're assuming he's going to be on the team at least for the next 12 games, probably the rest of the season, and hopefully a lot longer. So where does he fit in? The Islanders, another center. This is a center that is very good in the face-off circle, rivals Pajot when it comes to face-offs. Not a great two-way player, although he probably has that moniker. If you look, talk to people in, that watch Vancouver every day, won't exactly talk about his defensive prowess. But, you know, we spend so much time in the offseason thinking about Nazim Kadri and where he would fit in with the Barzell, with the Nelson, you know, with Sezikis, with Pajot. And this is kind of that same scenario here where you're putting in a center. And I think people are expecting this is finally Matt Barzell's move to the wing, which is ironic that in order to get, you know, Matthew Barzell is essentially the winger that Matthew Barzell always wanted. Um, it's probably the scenario we're going to have to see. Funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I in order to actually get a winger, he had to become become one is likely what's going to happen. I mean, he plays like a winger for what it's worth. He plays like a fast dynamic winger. And I, I mean, there's a couple things to look at. Number one, as far as the rebuild, retool, all that thing, all that stuff. You can make the argument if they do re-sign Horvat. If you have Sorokin, Pulak, Pelik, Barzal, and they're all in like their mid, you know, approaching late 20s, you don't have the time to draft first round picks and first round picks because by the time they're ready to play, you know, these guys will be on the, it's tough to say back end. But I think what he's doing there is saying, look, we need to do this retool where we're getting guys in their mid twenties on there. And, and we're, we're taking the, the pieces of what we think works with this team. We're going to try to replace, you know, the rear left tire and we're going to this mirror here. And that's what I think that they're trying to do. I don't think that necessarily adding Horvat into a team who has so many like team defensive deficiencies and they have a lot of holes in their skin. I mean, there are things he's absolutely going to help. I mean, I think it's uh, pretty self-evident that anybody, I would help the power play at this point. <laughs> Any sort of somebody would breathe new life. You can make the argument in a best case scenario that a trade will let some of these people know. I've been talking. Like they act like these people look like they've been eating bagels all summer. They, they're skating slow. Everyone looks slow. Nobody's trying. Uh, nobody's exerting themselves like they could be on a night-in, night-out basis. They all look comfortable. They all look like they, they deserve wins. They don't play like they have to earn them. Maybe in a best-case scenario, this breathes new life into people because they know there is a chance that they could be on the move, especially when you see with the extra salary cap, this, that, and the other. So in a best-case scenario, this is like a jolt of theoretical life into the team where people actually start playing like they have to keep their roster spot and things of that nature. I don't see how this cleans up anything on the back end. And then like you'd mentioned, you now hope I've always said this, be careful about asking for anybody. I don't care if it's Vanek, Timo Meyer, Pavel Bore chemistry is a weird thing. 
Some people have it. Some people don't. You're now just hoping because we got a guy who scored 30 goals and a guy who loves passing that it just works like that. Hockey chemistry is a weird thing. So you got a piece, but there's no guarantee that the pieces are going to fit perfectly. And now, and now, like, let's say they struggled the first two weeks. Okay, well, uh, let's try Barzal at center and Horvath. Now you're just a bunch of random guys playing NHL, switching positions on edit lines. And, you know, we, we will see. But the power play, for certain, an actual score, you know, I always... Well, how, at- let's, stay, let's go there, like, an actual score. And I understand where his numbers are right now, 31 goals. He had 31 goals last year, 31 games, or 31 goals already, but... There's nothing in his career that says he's a 40 to 50 goal scorer. I'm he's with a you 50 on that. to 55 point score that they're going to pay and have million dollars to. I said this about Kadri. I said this about Goudreau, who everyone said he'd be a great because he scored four. I go, he's a one to two ratio guy, just like Barzal. And he, maybe he's a little bit better of a goal scorer. I always thought that Tarasenko offered the highest pure goal scoring potential. Like he's a guy who has 45. Like if you just say, like, you know, you are the top winger and you're going to be dished for your job by a playmaking score, center. Yeah. Your job is to just he, score He's goals. popping 35 to 40 pretty much guaranteed as long as he stays healthy. He's got that kind of shot that's just kind of like he doesn't, you know. Horvat, we will see. He, I, I always say when people think about that, oh, well, what did you say about, about Bor Horvat two years ago? If I came to you at the trade deadline 2020 and I said, hey, nice what do you think about Bor? Well, yeah, exactly. And if you've now convinced yourself because of the recent statistics, but at least in his case, you're talking about late or mid to late 20s, I always can at least feel a little bit better because 35 is not too crusty. If he's done at 35 on the contract, that's a whole hell of a lot different than being Nazim Kadri wheeling around out there at 38, 39. Yeah, I put this out earlier today that – you know, at, at a certain point during the summer, this cadre thing had gone on for so long that people that were maybe against it had started to talk themselves into why it was okay because it just, after a while, it was an assumption that this deal was going to get done with the Islanders. So if you had talked yourself into the idea that it was okay to give a seven-year contract to a 32-year-old, you should be fine with a seven, eight-year contract to a almost well, this 28-year-old. Is the, this is the gargoyle nation known as islander fans they call for the blood they called for trots you know his head was up there on the guillotine it's currently there then they wanted lose then they wanted a forward for bars out they're getting those things but they're like a madman running while they, they don't even know so if this doesn't work out they, they don't even know what they want fire this guy. fire that guy they're they're mindless <laughs> maniacs yelling for moves talking about our listener base here. any no no, because you have the PG listeners. I'm talking about <laughs> the yeah. This is the Saturday morning crowd. I've I've referenced that many times. However, you know what I'm talking about: the contingent of fire everyone people. Now we have the worst defense ever. It, like it's just like the quarterback, you know. No, get to get him out. Get Flutie out. Get get him. Put him in. Put the backup back in. And it's just kind of you got to be careful what you wish. You wanted the forward for Barzal. You didn't care if we got another center as long as you got anyone with Barzal. But now, what are you going to say if it doesn't work out? That's just what I'm curious. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, and here's the thing, right? The t- In terms of fixing the the the, the problems, right? Th- those are only going to be fixed from within. Like, I don't think any acquisition was going to all of a sudden solve these problems. It has to be 
the players that are here right now and the ones that have been here during the trots years that should be able to put forth the effort and the structure. They need to get back to doing that. And, you know, maybe the last two games um, were a positive sign in, against Detroit. I know Detroit was on the back-to-back and they didn't get a really good effort from them. And, you know, then... But, hey! Hey, hey you're, fi- you're starting to I'm realize to learn. that when they get <laughs> fake wins, you're finally oh, they played back to back. They played like. back-to-back overtimes. They were on ESPN. Um, you know, and then obviously Vegas had a really good third period in overtime against them, and Varlam played great. But, you know, listen, they win where a couple games where you score three goals within regulation and get the overtime winner against against Barzell. Um, so I think, you know, the defensive problems and, and the gaps they've shown and the amount of high-danger shots they've allowed, that just has to be solved with with the players here. You know, you wonder – I don't, can I speculate? Is it okay? Or uh, just for a little bit? It I is. Promise. It, it, can no, I no, speculate? It's absolutely fine. What if they lost these last two games? Does this happen? Still? Yes, because of what I, what you kind of touched on. You got an old guy, and he ain't going out. I will. He's old. I mean, come on. This, oh, this is ridiculous. Are we going to do this fake game? Lou, if you're listening, or if one of your representatives are listening, Joe, Joe is fully on board with everything you're doing, and he, you're young in his world. I'm just calling it as it is. If you pull may the 100 I, people family I, feud style. May I be operating like Lou Lamarillo when I'm 80 years old? That's all I got to say. If you pull 100 people family feud style and they show you a picture of Lou Lamorello, I got news for you, Lou. You want to know what number one answer is? Ding! Old! And that's just really – I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a tan guy with a big nose. I'm not going to claim like I'm not. So you got a guy who's on the last year of his deal. He's got however many years left that he still wants to even work. He ain't selling anything. He's, he's buying, and one can only hope that – He's just going to at least, whether you even want, like, I'm indifferent on Horvath. He wasn't someone on my radar. But if you're going to do it, now you better keep him around or yeah. this is a complete. And no, I just wonder, left, like, he said today it doesn't and, work out. And he goes, no, the whole, eh, like, nah, the whole like, today and tomorrow are making the team better. And because, like, right now, they win those two games and – you know, with, they're within striking distance, okay? I, I didn't even answer your question. With Buffalo. Yeah, what if they lost? Yeah, I mean, I understand the striking distance between Buffalo. Um, within, you know, within the wild card, Buffalo's got games in hand. Pittsburgh has games in hand. I get it. But listen, they go on a run. There's enough games, enough games with Pittsburgh, et cetera, where – you yeah. could you could be the wild card eighth or seventh seed, right? That's still possible. Oh, you better not so, say eighth. I told you right now, eighth. Some people, is some ninth. people think that Boston is the best matchup. Eighth. Is oh oh cool and th- and then who do you play? <laughs> oh, do you maybe see the team who eliminated us every year, or maybe do you see oh, Toronto? What a great, who's what a great gonna... story that would be, huh? Uh, see, well, you know, fortunately, I'm not looking for Disney here. I'm looking to try to get somewhere, and there's one way to yeah. do that. I've said it all year long. It's through the Capital Bold Scam Metro Division. It's seventh or nothing. I don't want to see any eight and seventh Carolina. Is... Yes. They, they never. It's not about if you can or can't. That one it's game if we you talk do. about all the time. It's not about that. It's if you can. Who's after that? It's the mathematical road. It's either Boston and then 
the three-time Eastern Conference champions or Toronto, who's one of the favorites to win it, coming off their first playoff series in years, which is going to be after beating Tampa. You think they're going to be confident after that series? Either those two or Carolina, who just lost Pacioretty, has goaltending issues and previous playoff failures, followed by well, I, I certainly hope we're Devils. talking about this thing in a few weeks. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the choice either against the uh, heavily fader, favored, uh, either, like you said, Lightning or Maple Leafs, or you have to you play with house money against them uh, in a series where if you lose it, you're supposed to lose it, or you're going to have to, you know, have a nail biter and uh, against the Rangers or devils against a Metro area team. That the, won't be any, the, that won't be any fun to watch. <laughs> the disgust in other people who are probably listening saying these people think they're a good matchup against the Bruins. Are they out of their minds? I've you're seen talking it. about I've a, seen it out there. You on can the see screen. it all you want. But because we beat them a couple of years ago in a series where they thoroughly dominated point, us until we had injuries. At, uh, TD Garden this year. Mm-hmm. Forced into a shootout. But once again, Omar it doesn't, doesn't change Rogan. the fact that the the teams in the Metro, everyone, want team one, two, and three, all have massive witch-sized warts. Zero warts up, up above. You have to get through an unblemished, clean unphotoshopped mm. bunch of teams. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of those articles of what, you know, the playoff format this year uh given, you know, the fact that this 2-3 matchup between Tampa and and Toronto is pretty much set with 60 games left in the season. Um you know, and oh, what these oh, matchups would be. Oh, do they feel bad? Be. Oh, do they feel really bad? Interesting how they didn't feel bad up there when Washington and Pittsburgh were winning every single Stanley Cup and were forced to play each other in round 2 for four straight years. I don't want to hear it from them. You guys deal with it now. We dealt with it during the Crosby Ovechkin glory years. Honestly, they can eat shit and deal with this because we dealt <laughs> with it. I'm sorry. I you hey, I use my curses sporadically. They could be going left and right, but I think that one is not for meant for any listeners. That's meant for any mm-hmm. of you, Boston, Tampa, Toronto. We took our lumps as you were facing those garbage teams in rounds mm-hmm. one and two. We had to face Crosby and Ovechkin when they won all those cups. I do not feel bad for you. All right. Well, listen, let's take a break there. When we come back, I want to talk about the players the Islanders gave up in this deal, Aturatu and Anthony Beauvillier. Uh, we'll talk about a ceremony north of the border and a little bit more. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast, powered by the Fansided Sports Network. Joe Bono and Andy Francis will be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 
And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We're back. Eyes on Isles podcast. Joe Bono and Andy Francis. You called yourself tan. I th- I'm tanner than you. I got the olive skin tone. Sicilian. No, I, stay, I stay out of this. So you put me in. You put me in Mexico. I'll start changing. You're in Florida. You're in Florida now. I'm. You're a Florida resident. I don't I'm like in, the I'm in sun, New York. Man. Snow today in Connecticut. Part of me is I got that Slavic blood. I need to be in the mountains. I like cold. I don't like hot temperatures. Believe it or not. And you know what? I don't like you painting me like Jack Klompus. I'm a short-term Florida guy. I didn't move down here to retire. <laughs> I came down here to try it out for a year. I might be in the Test slums drive. of New York. Yeah, in six months. Relax. Okay. Um, all right. So I want to talk a little bit about the players that that left here and just kind of just give perspective. You know, we'll start with with Anthony Beauvillier and you know, it's very feels very incomplete with with Beauvillier. And, uh, you know, change the scenery. You hope, I mean, nothing against the guy. I hope he, he, he plays, he plays well in, in Vancouver. I know he feels like he's played better than his numbers, but you know, the reality is he just hasn't been able to finish and score goals with, with any consistency now for a few years, you were kept on waiting for him to kind of break out and just be a 25 goal scorer. And it, it, it just never happened getting, you know, benched and scratched by Barry Trotz. Um, on occasion over the last couple of years. And then you said, okay, well, okay, fresh start, new coach. And it was a, a lot of the same, very streaky. Um, given his speed, given his ability to forecheck, you, you just didn't, you know, it just, it just kind of ran its course with him a little bit. And yep. uh, unfortunately this, this was a move that was probably best for the player and, and for the franchise. Yep. He's one of those guys, at least you could say, Hey, you know, they really tried to, um, iron out what may have happened he showed good promise especially like in that bubble you saw him get hot in that playoff series versus florida kept it going a little bit showed up the next playoff year obviously everybody remembers the huge goal that he scored but he was relatively relied upon to provide offense and was pretty good at that for a couple of years there unfortunately um unfortunately that confidence just started to wane and when you are a scorer like that you know, it sucks because I think a lot of those raw materials are good. It was you know, something that n- nobody ever talked about really this past year that I started to see. He actually had a lot of playmaking ability. He didn't really have as much finishing, but when you he was finding open guys and his stick handling was good, it's like the shooting was gone, but he 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 found himself dish he was getting people in shooting lanes and passing it more. And I think he struggled as a scorer, maybe in a different system where he's asked to do a couple different things. And one thing that I wanted to mention, you think there's any chance Bo Horvat comes here and he was playing with a hundred point player last year, playing with Pedersen, who is a world-class player. If you've ever got to see him play, you ever think a couple games go by a couple practices and go, these guys suck. Like, you know, <laughs> when you're looking at like the offense, like, you know, he's seen some kind of, you know, awful coaching, awful structure, haven't been able to make something. But in terms of individual talent, they've had some serious talent over the Pedersen is, is 
top notch. He's one of those guys because he's a quiet European. He doesn't make those headlines. And because they haven't gone far, the only other guy, but he's not as good as this guy, put this guy up there as a superstar in the league, but just he's quiet and nobody cares. I put Barkov up there as like a top five player. I will literally put him right. I would way rather have him than a Leon Dreisaitl. He is a like top tier He's the next Pavel Datsuk for me, a little worse. Just doesn't get any of the respect because he's a quiet guy and he's one of the cleanest games you'll ever see. And I think Pedersen is of that variety of player and they'll never get the adoration, A, because of where they play and then B, the type of personality they have. And then you got Horvat seeing that guy play. Now he's rolling over here watching Andrews Lee trying to lift a puck, <laughs> which he seems to struggle with. Like, this is their top goal scorer? I, just, I was just wondering that today, like when he's at practice, like watching these guys. Like, well, he better, that's why that's why he said they better get the extension now before they hit the ice. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Each game goes by. No, no, no. You're gonna have to up that when I, you, I when you I see what I'm working. That's why you see these. Here. You see these like line like the line combination. Like, what are they gonna do? It's gonna be Horvat, Barzell, and Casey Zizekas. You know, it's like, oh, really? This is what I'm doing. It could be, it could be, a, you know, they, they found work. something with, with Suzuki. I've, I've always said that if you, if you gave Suzuki three centers, with the three center line, just three centers on the top line. Beautiful. It's weird. Um, Cause you know, didn't Nelson play wing for a good, ch- like, I think those players are more interchangeable. Than oh, they it was, like yeah. Centers admit. are absolutely they all, they all could be. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's almost like cornerbacks going to safety mm-hmm. when you, when you lose a little of that, uh, of that quick twitch and you maybe lose a step yeah. go to the wing, you lose some defensive responsibility, you know, for someone like Barzell who clearly you don't want doesn't to quite like become that. Landon Collins, right? Where you're basically a linebacker, you know, a safety, <laughs> but um, you know, the, the, that Nelson line has been playing well. I mean, Palmieri coming yeah. back five assists in four games. You're not going to mix. You're not going to. No, you know, no, no. You mess have that up it. right now. Right. You got finally got Lee and Nelson going now. Let's see how it happens after a long layoff, but you know, um, Lee and Nelson are scoring goals and Palmieri's picking up assists. And maybe hopefully the goals come and he's been streaky as well. If, if he starts going and all three is scoring, it could be a pretty dangerous, you know, second line. Yeah. Um, 100%. So, you know, there's, no, some, there's, there's a chance, man. There's a chance. They, things... they can be. And listen, when the Islanders are all going at the same time, because they have a deep roster of a bunch of guys that can score 20 goals, which is the, which is the truth. You know, they don't have the top flight guys, but. Overall, they probably could match most teams with how many you're going to have 15 plus. I I said I said that in the beginning of the year was my big hope. I've that's I'm more disappointed than anything, and I really think it's just come down to like a will thing. I'm just so disappointed that that hasn't come to fruition, even though it started that way in the beginning of the year. Multiple players were on pace for 20, but it didn't pan out the way that I'd hoped. But there is a chance. There is a chance. You asked me last week what would get me excited. What would get you back in? And this has nothing to do with it. I will maintain, give me eight straight games, three or less goals against. And the first couple might have to be lucky. Yeah, there was some luck. Crusty Detroit. And then, you know, Marlamov had to make a ton of saves. But there's two. Because I think that defensive confidence starts to roll over the same way offensive confidence does. You score three, you score four. I think the same thing mm-hmm. applies when you're keeping pucks out of your net. You keep out one, keep out two, keep three, one, two, three. And then it just starts to go, it starts to roll over game after game. And yeah. the game just becomes simpler. The same way where people grip their stick tighter, they defend with their stick tighter when things aren't going their way. 
And if they can go about eight straight games playing good defense, that is the foundation that so, will so allow where's, you uh, to, you know. We'll talk about Ratu in a second, but you know, if your boy Hudson Fashing is back from his lower body injury, is he the guy on that line? Well, well, I'm trying to think. Is it Holstrom, Parisi, and Pajot, and then Fashing on the top line with Horvat and Barzell? I mean, you know, this is your Hudson Fashing. This is your life. If I see them, start start them with a generic player so I can see how they're operating, and then I could. I feel like I could make an honest assessment of what's missing on the line in terms of like, because you got to see like who's going in deep. Are, is one guy four checking? One guy staying high? Is one guy circling back? Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's like a three. It's like this. This. I don't know. It's like three lights in like I mean, synchronization. Could, you know is, what I'm is saying? Josh Bailey, a generic player. <laughs> Come on, man. We don't do. Well, that where stuff. else is he going? Where's he playing? Then you're gonna put him. On the th- then he's on the third line. You're gonna put. Gonna stick him with. Um, Martin what, and have you gone to you um, have you gone to UBS? I was only there for the first ever game. The, what's the name of their like you know how Madison Square Garden has like the Chase Club? Do they have that there? They dime, have they like have a, a, they have a they have a dime club, they have the Belmont Hall, they got they got what, like, what what's the best bars. one? The, well they have the dime? They, they have the, the dime like dime savings bank, which I had an account for a long time. People used to make fun of me. The bank that you can call your own, dime, dime um <laughs> The Dime Club. <laughs> the free ad read. Okay, so the Dime Club's that that's where Josh Bailey should be. You want to know where he should be? That's where he should be, right in that section. And you put somebody like Fashing who clearly can play with that fourth line and whatnot. Um, he just doesn't he definitely doesn't fit in that top nine. Um, because he would be such an anchor on on Barzal and Horvat. When you have a top line like that, you have to sustain offensive pressure. He is yeah. a turnover machine. And then when you couple that with the fact that Barzal is no stranger to turnovers, you know, you have to mm-hmm. keep offensive zone time and pressure there. Ideally you want someone who will do a little digging in the corners. That's usually what you want with like a skilled guy, somebody who's a power forward. And that's why I think Sezikis might be, di- he will be happy right. to get it to, to one of them and it will, he'll be happy to get in there. He's good defensively. He can kind of, you know, as a winger, you know, you ask, ask somebody to be, a good defenseman from a center position, there's way more responsibilities. But playing from a wing, he, he's able to assist a little bit more on that front. So you, if you have two guys who aren't that great defensively, he could be a good mix because he's not awful offensively. He has decent offensive instinct. You know, he may not add a ton to the line, but I don't think he's the type of player who will take away. It certainly ain't throwing Leo Komarov on there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> where's Val, where's Val Filippolo when you need him? Um yeah, it's um, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see what they come out with, you know, because the Clutterbuck injury see. with Clutterbuck out and, and possibly out for the year. Who knows? He's got the out definitely designation right now. Who knows when and when if and when he'll be back? Right? There's not that same pull to say, okay, well, if Zizekas, Clutterbuck, and Martin are all healthy, I'm playing them all together because they got this thing going. It's it's gonna be interesting, and then Fashing being back would would obviously complicate things a little bit, and and then see you know what if what if they want to do with Bailey or you know if Ross Johnson ends up playing seven eight minutes no, a game, you know, no, I don't okay. know it could who knows. Um, all right, so then you know we look at Atu Ratu getting moved, and hey, look, hey, we got two we got two games with Josh Bailey on the fourth line, two wins. Let's keep that. Let's make that a thing. Oh, I know what you're talking about the the under the Josh Bailey under points bet. Oh, well, I look, talk about, oh, that's, talk about that's, that's a separate wins. thing I'm talking about in life. 
<laughs> See, <laughs> talking about hockey wins. I'm thinking about your Gambl gambling, gambling street. Very easy you. money. Well, uh, for Islander fans, as soon as I found out that Josh Bailey was on the uh, demoted to the fourth line on like uh, whatever, whatever your favorite sports betting site where sports betting is legal. You can if bet you have a problem. Player. Yeah. If you have a gambling problem, please call one. Yeah. One eight hundred gambling. Look, man, we don't want to be sending people off the cliff here on this Islander show, but um, they, they have player props. You can bet on shots on goal and points. And as soon as I saw Bailey go to that fourth line, I took the under because he has random respect from the sports book. Now he's obviously an underdog. You have to put up 175 to win a hundred, but it should honestly be 250 because the only reason I was always scared to take that is they got him with Nelson. What if it he just, you know, moves it along and now he gets a secondary assist. But now that he's buried on the fourth line, oh, I'm I'm running that thing to the ground until until it loses. And it's been two games on the fourth line, two straight wins for me. And, uh, you know, if you're in a position to join me, uh, there's room on my train. All right. It's a Long Island Railroad off-peak train. Plenty of seats in the back. So if you were making that bet every game, you would have, it would be at least five in a row. And like you said, the last two, though, the fact that he's playing with uh, with those two guys is the, is the reason. Is what gave me the confidence. Yeah. Hmm. Now, granted. So maybe you maybe you maybe you don't want him in the dime club. Maybe if he keeps on playing, you'll you'll be in the dime club. <laughs> yeah, all of us, all all your listeners, will be in the club. all of us, and we'll, and we'll salute. Them. Oh, I'll sing. We'll all sing. Hey, Bailey, who? Thank you. We're sitting here because of you. Yeah, sure thing. Did you score a point? Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So Atu Ratu, um, I'm not sure if you read about it today. He was at a spa with some friends of his in New York City for the first time and his girlfriend and his phone was in his locker in the spa when Lou Lamarillo was calling. So he missed all the phone calls and then his girlfriend checked a bunch of texts and that's how he found out he was traded. <laughs> I don't know who like, OK, I'm from. I'm from Finland. Um, I got a couple days off. I got friends in town in the U.S. I'm going to go to a spa in New York City. I, okay. I think maybe there's some Finnish movie that <laughs> depicts going to New York the same way one of our movies depicts going to some European country. Oh, yeah. You got to go to Iceland and the Blue Lagoon. You know, they have a movie about going to New York City and there's these spas where all the Finnish and Swedes are all well. All the Nordic peoples go to the spas and the Banyas. I don't know. I have where no was he? I mean, I just, it just seemed like an odd thing to do in the middle of a Monday. Uh, like we saw he's at Madame Tussauds or a Broadway show or okay fine but it was like oh he was at a spa and the, and, the, and the phone was in the locker but um anyway he's on his way he's not going to start um playing with the canucks even though he's played 12 games with the Islanders, burned the entry-level contract who cares about that now he'll be starting with their eight with their uh, minor league affiliate um i kind of tend to think that the ceiling on him could be higher than a lot of people out there keep on talking about you know it's weird you know, and Islander fans know this, right? Projected number one overall pick falls off the clip. Islanders get him 52nd. And then after he gets traded in Liga, has a strong year, comes to the North America, has a good playoff with with Bridgeport. And, you know, certainly looked the part, played fine with the Islanders, two goals, no assists, but really didn't make any big mistakes. You know, he, he played fine um, while he was here at 20 years old and wasn't playing, you know, eight minutes a day, eight minutes a, a night with, 
really no talent alongside him most most games. So I kind of think he can certainly be a number two center, maybe a, I was maybe a little bit to, better. The people tend you know, to, I, I think he's an exciting guy. He's an exciting player. I think, you know, I, I just I don't want to, if I was a Canucks fan, like, I think there's more upside to him than, than maybe he's getting credit for right now. Could be wrong, but I like what I saw of him. He's got the size, he's got the vision. I like him as a player. Yeah, if you like, I think we have um, kind of home fan bias. People think maybe that he, but if you're listening to like the trade evaluations and you're listening to CBC or TSN and how they're talking about in Canada, they're just a bit like, yeah, all right, this guy drafted in the second round who could have been. <laughs> they don't look at it as some, oh, and then Atu Ratu is going to crack our lineup. They see good players on there. They've seen some talented players on their roster. They don't look at some Atu Ratu who's going to come fix everything. They have people who they've had people who can score. And I don't think that because he necessarily moved the needle for us, a team, you know, thirsty for star players in the, uh, in the AHL and in our farm system and whatnot, he doesn't necessarily have that over there. I've always been of the mindset when it comes to prospects, they're more likely to miss than hit. We try to sell ourselves, oversell ourselves on players because they can score in penalty shots in the AHL. It's so weird how it translates. Like for me, Oliver Wallstrom it's going to be very hard to develop from some guy who skates like Anders Lee into a top tier talent. Like it's just not magically going to happen. That's just going to be who he is. He's going to be a slower player who can shoot and maybe he can refine a little. But if you were to listen to Islander country a year and a half ago, he was going to single-handedly win game seven. Oh, he was going to be picking corners against Tampa. The guy can't move out there. He goes multiple games where you don't even see him and he's playing with bars out. And, and at least according to one report from Dave Pagnotta today, he's out for the year, which people kind of suspected. We still don't know if knee, hip, whatever the injury was that he said that he sustained against Pittsburgh, but you know, he would have been intriguing to see where he would have fit in on this and what his, where he fits into this plan. If Horvat is back next year, uh, as well as still a very cheap option with, you know, a lethal shot, which they still don't have. Yeah. um, And I'm just saying, you know, you can look at Bellows and Dal Cole and you have to see all these, they like, Oh, but you know, it would have, I can watch Holmstrom play and say, Oh, that guy's sound defensively. He can, you can you can see it there already. You can see the foundation. I never saw that as I infamously called Kiefer Bellows. He looks like a generic creative player in NHL where they didn't bump any of the attributes up. That's what I saw from him when I watched him play. There is a certain contingent of players. You can just at least see the base there like, oh, wow. And with Wallstrom, you saw one thing from the beginning, and it's still the only thing you see a bullet shot you're seeing nothing maybe he's trying to turn into some power forward which he which is why he overextended himself and got himself hurt for the year but i mean he is he's slower if not as slow as anders lee and i have a hard time believing he is going to be a regular contributor with his current skill set and i'm of the belief if you're 23 24 and i've said this about dobson there's not going to be some magic like oh and now i got it all figured out i've watched the guy for five seasons it's the same issues plaguing him now in the beginning those those things there they don't just magically disappear you can have coaches who help you know manage the deficiencies but those things are there and when it comes to these prospects and draft picks you've convinced yourself Ratu's going to be great because he picked for Ratu I mean what's a miss though I mean I look at him I look at someone who's going to be a contributor at the NHL level I, I see I see an NHL player there 
Well, you also have to look at it this way. That's a center, right? How is he starting over Barzal or Nelson oh, or Pajo these next two it. years? Oh, I get it. I get it. There was there was really not a spot for him, even if he emerged to a, a really good player. Now, maybe that would have forced their hand in, in a certain way. But if he All was right, on well, the cusp, bet, they, yeah, it was going to be a difficult we, fit. We got that Josh Bailey bet. We got that Josh Bailey bet we talked about. So now there's a new bet. Will Atu Ratu ever hit 30 goals in the NHL? And you got to put down on it right now. Will he be a 30 a goal scorer in the NHL? No, I would say, I mean, could have a one season. The, that, no, the majority of people, goal. the majority of people can agree with you. And I'm, I would take to say that I'd be nuts to say this guy, 30 goals is not easy for some guy to hit, you know? Um, so a guy really has to pan out to hit that. So if you look at Bovillier, and him, and then it all comes down to where that number one draft pick is going to be taken. Now you start throwing out multiple number one draft picks. I mean, it's not it's not ideal. But if you keep Horvat, who is a potential about thirty a year, I think he was on pace. I think he's hit thirty twice, including this year. Maybe he was on pace for it in a shortened year. Another. So he he's been on that thirty goal pace a couple times. You know. It's not as awful as you would think, but I also necessarily don't think that it's going to solve the issues the way Islanders fans might think. Yeah, and that protected you know? first round pick, top 12 protected, you have to be in the top 11 or the bottom 11 um, to have a shot at the lottery. So, you know, if the season falls apart completely and the Islanders dip below 12, not only do they have their first round pick, but you get to hold your breath for some ping pong balls at a certain point to see whether or not they win the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. And then otherwise they pick is unprotected for 2024. And if Horvat's not here, you're going to expect that to be potentially a lottery pick again, if you're, yeah. if you're Vancouver. Um, listen, if, if the Islanders are in the playoffs, it'll be four straight years, or even if they finish 13th, right. Or 14th. Um, and it's, it's, then um, you're looking at a situation where it's four straight years without a first round pick. I mean, it's kind of crazy. That's bad. Um, yeah, that's bad. It's, it's you nuts. know, you know what, you know what worried me before. I no one that doesn't happen for anybody. Of, I Even watched like that NBA. That's like it's like NBA type of trades when they didn't allow you to do that anymore. They were like, you were the LA Rams? Like were the years. LA Rams? The LA Rams who don't have a first round pick in, until 2035. That's essentially what it feels like at this point. Yeah, but they got a Super Bowl. Yeah, they did. They did. I mean, a damn lucky one because the Niners dropped that pick. But, you know, uh, I guess they did. But that's one. Them and Toronto Raptors, who did the trade for um, that one run of um, yeah, Leonard's name. Yeah. So those were the two cash outs that everyone can kind of point to. Uh, but something I just wanted you said before, what if they lost those two games? I'll continue. What did you guys all say? Not you. I'm just a theoretical you. Mm -hmm. What did you all say after that Ottawa game? You were at the level of disgust where there was no, so now what? You're just tossing Bo Horvat into that witch's brew, and now you think you got yourself a team making a run? Think about all the things you were saying one week ago. If after that game I say, hey, Bo, 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 Horvat, Bo Horvat is actually just voluntarily walking into that lineup, you wouldn't even, you probably still wouldn't even make take them to make the playoffs. That's how poorly they were playing. Right. But the, but the two wins bought them time to at least prove to everyone that, you know, that Lou should make a deal like this and that the team, you know, 
Lane Lambert said that they're capable of doing great things, um, actually, which was a bit of an overstatement. But the the two wins bought them some time, and the Horvat acquisition does you're, – you're curious and now interested to see what it does. Nothing has been able to light a fire under these guys all year long maybe something like this does and they go on a run and then if they're and then if they're in the playoffs i don't care then everything that's happened this year and how they got there won't matter and you're going to be pumped up about can Ilya Sorokin steer, steal us a first round series against whomever it is that's the reality uh, I'll, I'll i agree with everything you just said like it can it provide some catalyst to motivate the team like nothing else has this season with the caveat eighth seed is not the playoffs for me it's seven or there is no playoffs. Elias Roken's not stealing a damn thing when it comes to back-to-back round. That, what you're asking that team to do in back-to-back road series is one of the most unsustainable things you'll ever ask a team to do. Mm-hmm. So fans, I really think, I swear to you fans, I will never, I promise you, I'll quit my job, which is paying me well now with that other company. I will quit all of it, and I'm not a liar. I'll quit everything if the Islanders go into back-to-back series against freaking Boston, Tampa, beat them, and then you got to let me take my job back the next year if they lose the third one because then it doesn't <laughs> even matter. But but if they do those two, I'll, I'll, I'll never do this show again. I'll never – I'm gone. We don't want that to That's happen. That's the that, – no, 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 because I'm not a fraud. That's the level of how certain I am. And if you think I don't know what I'm talking about, check my publicly available online bracket, which was right every round of the playoffs last year. I know what I'm talking about. They have no chance in that top bracket, but they have a chance in the bottom bracket. So let's uh, let's just wrap it up with this. Uh, John Tavares played his thousandth game for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, this week, and um, I thought they did a really nice job. Right? I think <laughs> you know the way he was uh, received at the Coliseum on the day he came back. Maple Leafs didn't have to necessarily go out of their way to make it a very Islander-centric tribute video, but it it was. I mean, half of it was, at least. Um, and they had Bailey in there, they had Clutterbuck in there, they had Kyle Oposo in there, and then these even jackets that his kids were wearing had Thousand on the back, and they had the Islander patch on the, on the left-hand sleeve. So I think it's okay to say tip of the cap to the Toronto Maple Leafs and John Tavares. I'm sure he okayed and wanted all that. Very nicely done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's very unfortunate that the, you know, rabid carny fan base that will refuse five, eight years later to just be like, all right, yeah, we get it. It was, uh, you know, bad breakup. No, they still just want to boo him and uh, like refusing to even do anything is a damn shame. But, you know, it's nice to see at least someone like you giving a nice tip of the cap. I mean, and listen, I, I, I was t- I was at the Coliseum that day, that night on, on the on the return game. It was an amazing atmosphere, probably the most fun type of atmosphere I was ever at for a regular season hockey game. Hold on. I, I, I wasn't just I wasn't just, throwing snakes. I wasn't dressed up. But hold I was, on. I, the, I, I am okaying that. I'm okaying that. I just want to be clear. For a good two years, for what he, for the way he kind of snaked out, fine, go nuts. I'm actually okay with acting like carny orcs. There has to be a statute of limitations. As I said online earlier today, go check your ex's profile for two years. You're doing it past two years. You really need a new hobby. Let it go after this. And and it's also what makes, what should have made it 
easier for anyone to let it go was the fact that the immediate success the Islanders had and the continued failed opportunities of Toronto. It's kind of like, it's not as if the Islanders went into this horrible rut that people expected them to go and Toronto all of a sudden was lifting the Stanley cup and he was on a parade, you know, already as the, as the savior, which what he was touted yeah. to be when he made the sign. They, they've, they've had their problems. He's faced his criticism and he's had to watch a lot of his, you know, really best friends and the team he left um, achieve better playoff success than he's ever achieved in his career. So Yep. Will we ever see, you know, once an Islander, always an Islander alumni weekend. Welcome back, John Tavares. You know, can that ever happen? If they don't, then they're just absolute scumbags. Like this guy, you know, people can't put themselves in the position. This guy's from Toronto where they worship hockey. He comes to Long Island. They throw him in the Barclays and then going back to the Coliseum and all this instability. And he does as well as he can for all those years. And then at least he goes back to Toronto where he grew up. And there's a, there's no picture of Johnny Goudreau in the blue jackets sheets yet. His first game back, despite yeah, being living, you can say that all you want. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no blue jackets sheets. And he pulled the rug out from under them, which eventually made Kachuk leave too. And it started this whole domino effect. And despite them being absolutely livid in which they are, they still stopped the booing to actually give him the appreciation during the tribute video and then went right back to ripping him. But the Islander fans, they're right. I told you it's, it's Long Island and Philadelphia, the two scummiest fan bases in the entire country. It's just bar none guaranteed. And look, there's, there's sometimes I'm proud about it. Like there's sometimes I'm proud of it. I want the opposing team to feel threatened as they're coming into the parking lot. I want them to feel uneasy, but I'm not going to state the fact. I I will say this. If you have the same feeling of betrayal and vengeance five years later, then yeah, that is, that is problematic. You need to, you need to reevaluate things. If you still feel the exact same way. Uh, I'm a vengeful guy too. How bad is that? And I, if I'm telling you this, that's bad guys. Still don't want to see the Maple Leafs win. Still don't want to no. see the Maple Leafs win. Of course not. But no, yeah. I'm not asking you to be a nice guy. Root for them to have and and root for them to have heartbreaking losses, like Which losing in the it's bubble to Columbus. It's been but amazing. Yeah, enjoy. They're doing you favors out there. Just say please keep doing what you're doing. Imagine they lose to Tampa again, and think about them. Like you want you like the the misery of the Leafs. Just like I say, the Isles aren't making it out of that either. Or the Leafs, they got to take out the back to back back Eastern Conference champs and then the President's Trophy team who has eliminated them in the, the previous three playoff series that they've met, they're finished. They're finished. Although Once that again, again with a great again, team. If Disney is listening, right, that is kind of the storybook, right? Yeah, the two teams that you had to get over, you finally had to get over the hum. How? What was the road you had to go through to finally break through? It's happened a lot in sports. Could happen again, and people have been saying it. You've been saying it. Others have been saying it. This team is playing differently this year than they have in years past in a lot of ways, uh, maybe more impressively than some of the other teams that were just offensive, offense, oh, offense, yeah. offense. So. But they showed it during the playoffs last year. They showed they lost a fair and square, tight-checking mm-hmm. two-to-one game set. Blocking shots, doing a lot of things, yep, that, yeah. they, that they hadn't been known to do, paying the price. Yeah. All right, well, listen, this was Good another times. really fun show. Um, we did a little bit of speculation that not, not, not too, too much, but it's going to be really fascinating. If, if you thought, if anything, we were worried about kind of being indifferent towards this Islander season and just kind of having a lot of apathy towards it, this trade changed that we're going to be 
locked in to see what happens on whether or not they extend Bo Harvett now or be on watch between the start of when they start playing again on February 6th to the end of the year. And we're going to be seeing whether or not there's some kind of spark oh, man. Um, and whether or not they, um, what, oh man. I just thought of something like he's going to become an unrestricted free agent, but he's not going to sign with anybody. And that whole summer is going to go by again. And he will have once again, one of these secret deals that is going to be no, announced. They can't do Wait, that. I'm telling you, I just, The secret. So right. So probably the extensions are already done, and it's in the drawer. It's going to be announced in September (laughs) first. All right. Well, listen. That'll do it for this episode of Eyes on Isles. We look forward to talking to you next week. Whether or not we have an extension or not, it's going to be interesting times between now and the end of the season, and possibly into the off season as well. For Mr. Andy Francis, I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next time out in this country. Good night. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.